What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Braveheart Podcast. My name is Joshua, and I'm so honored to be introducing this week's episode. I have a question for you. How many of you have heard a promise from God and have not seen it to come to fruition yet? I'm going to wait. Because I have. I have been there. I am there currently. And this message is from the amazing Christy Lewis. Um, I don't know anyone who is more qualified to preach this message because she has walked this out so beautifully in places where um, she has heard the promises of God and has not seen them yet. And she'll share some big ones like South Africa and the nations and and all of that. And so I'm going to get right into it. Um, This is Christy Lewis um, from the Upper Room Dallas. And I just want to thank you and bless you. Um, Be brave. Wow. Look at her. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. Amen. This is partly the reason I'm so anointed, is because I married this woman, and I found favor from God. And I want you guys to know, um, you're about to hear from a woman who knows God intimately. Uh, We have five children. Uh, This is not a a profession for us. Um, She is a prophet. She is a scribe. She's a dreamer. She's a preacher. um, And she knows God. Um, She wakes up and spends time in his word, and his word is written on her heart. Um, And I want to honor her uh, just in the presence of you all, in the presence of this house. Um, She has been a faithful intercessor for this house and for many of you. She has has laid hold of things that are happening in the spirit, and she's prayed them through. She's she's prayed prayed and gotten breakthrough in secret for many of us. Um, And she's won battles in secret, and she's received dreams about stuff that happens in this house before it happens, years before it happens. And I've watched her just faithfully steward these things in her heart. And I believe God tonight is, is, is really putting a spotlight on her, um, not because of her, but because of Jesus in her uh, in what she carries and what she's walked through and what she's stewarded over the years. And so I'm just proud of you and I love you and I'm gonna pray for you. So just extend your hand. Lord, we um, receive Christy and who she is as a woman of God. And I thank you for her life, God. I thank you for the way that she loves. I thank you for the way, um, God, that she is always present, Lord. She is always present with you and with others, God. And I, I ask for the grace for all of us to be present with you and to be present to the words coming out of her mouth, Lord, that represent you well, that cause us to know you more, that cause us to understand what we're walking through in a way that, um, that would be very real to us. And so, God, we... Um, We thank you, God, for the treasures and the pearls and the perspective that is so unique and beautiful and right uh, that we're going to come from my bride tonight. And so I honor and I bless her. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Wow, that was, 
That was way more than I expected. <laughs> um, I really am happy to be here and uh, excited to get to talk to y'all. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did have some notes written down, and then in worship, I kind of felt like he gave me something slightly different. So this could go, this is going to go really well. I'm just going to go really well, but um, I might go off script a little bit. So sorry to the people in the back. But um, I just want to tell you as a mother that each of you here is really, really important to God. And, and each one of you is the potential to change the world. And there's no heavy yoke to that. And there's no burden to that. And that God has a really easy and a really light yoke when we walk in step with him. And I've personally been on a journey with the Lord of the Lord giving me a promise and then letting the Lord write my story. And so I just want to encourage each of you today that God wants to write your story. And I think there's probably some here and you're trying to write your own story based on a promise that God's given you. And I just want to encourage you to let him write your story because it's a really beautiful story when he writes it. And when we try to write it ourselves, we end up getting in bondage to striving and in bondage to selfish ambition and in bondage to a whole lot of things that he doesn't have for us. And so I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalms 37, verses 23. We're going to start there, and then I'm going to jump into a little bit of the life of Joseph, because I feel like that's what the Lord really wants to... Uh, give us today. Um, I'm going to read, so I'm going to read originally from uh, Psalm 37. Let's see. Yeah, this is an ASB. I'm going to read from that first, and then I'm going to read from the translation which I read in, which is the New Living Translation. But this is so beautiful. Um, it says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord. And he delights in his way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Okay, I want to look at it in a different translation. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall because the Lord holds them by the hand. And I want to talk to you today about a God who both delights and directs. And if we can get this picture of a loving father who's constantly delighting in every little step of our lives, and if we can understand that there is a God who directs our steps high above our failures, high above warfare, there is warfare. But if you look in the life of Joseph, at the end of Joseph's life, he said, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for my good. And there's an invitation, I believe, for some of you in here, and you're, in, you're seated way too low. 
and you're trying to figure out your life and is this warfare and is what's this and what, and you've, you're back into the driver's seat and God wants to get you out of the driver's seat because he causes all things to work together for good. And so I just want to encourage you and I want to share a dream um, that I had because it's really important, you know, the Lord, when, when I felt like he was speaking to me this week, I, I really felt like he said, Christy, I, wanna, I want you to invite people into hiddenness and I want you to invite people into surrender. And as I was sitting over here, I also felt like the Lord said, I want you to invite people into their destiny. And I want to tell you that there are those of you and God's wanting to invite you into your destiny tonight. And I will tell you that hiddenness and surrender is part of your destiny. And so I want to share a dream that I had. It was about five years ago I had this dream. And in the dream, I was in a cafe and I was uh, sitting at one table and there were some elders from a church that we are uh, familiar with and connected to in uh, South Africa. And these, these elders were sitting over here and they were talking about and pontificating what was going to bring the next move of God to the earth. And they were kind of trying to figure it out and they were dreaming. And, and from this table, I shout to them and I said, the next move of God is in hiding and it's going to be in, re- it's going to be released in the next 20 years. And I'm sorry, let me correct myself. The next move of God were people in hiding. And so the reason why I want to give you this word is because I believe that you seated here are the next move of God. And I don't want you to deviate from the season of hiddenness or wilderness because you're trying to get to the promise before it's time for the promise to come. And so be encouraged. Be encouraged. If you find yourself hidden, be encouraged. And the other thing I want to say prophetically is just how many people here are uh, Gen Z? Do we have some Gen Zers here? Lots, quite a few Gen Zers here. I'm a prophetic person, so I'm always like, what's the next thing? And, you know, I've got uh, four kids that are Gen Alpha and one that's Gen Z. And the Lord told, told me, he said, Christy, Gen Z are intercessors for Gen Alpha. And they're going to bulldoze and they're going to make a way so that Gen Alpha just comes rushing into the kingdom. And so I want to bless you with that because I believe that with all of my heart. And so I want to take you to a person in the Bible who is an intercessor. And that's, that's Joseph. And so I want you to look with me at uh, Genesis chapter 37. Let's see if I can get there myself. Actually, maybe I will yeah, get there. <clears throat> I want to say this about destiny and promise is that God gives promises. God gives destiny. And then he takes us on a journey to fulfill that. And it's an inheritance. So nothing that you ever get from God is ever earned. It's always inherited. It's always inherited. But the process will look a lot different than what you think. And in the process, he forms you. 
He forms you in hiddenness. And so I want to read about Joseph. I'm going to read uh, Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to start uh, in verse 3. Maybe I'll just look up here. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. So you see Joseph here, and I want to I highlight some things about Joseph, because how many of y'all can relate to Joseph? Anybody here? I love Joseph, and I got to tell you that I've been a season where I've been hidden, and Joseph has been like my man. I'm like, yes, Joseph, you know. But this is the cool thing about Joseph, and I want to say this over some of you in the room. He was greatly loved by his father. He was the favorite of his father. And there are some of you here, and you know that you're the favorite of your father in heaven. And that's a beautiful place to be when you know that you're his favorite. And, and this is that delight piece when it says that he delights in every step of your life. If you don't know you're his favorite yet, he wants to invite you into that. He wants, you to, inv- he wants to invite you to be his favorite. And Joseph knew that he was his favorite. Now, Joseph, you know the story. He has a confirming dream that, you know, there's more bowing down. And so he runs off and he tells his brother this dream. And we can take that two different ways, right? It's like, okay, Joseph, Joseph shouldn't have done that. He was arrogant, whatever. You could say whatever you want. But I believe at the moment that, that, Jesus, that the father gave these dreams to Joseph, God starts putting in motion the process he's going to take Joseph to to fulfill those dreams. In that good news... So some of you have crazy dreams that God's given you. And I want to say yes and amen to those dreams. As a mother, I want to say yes and amen to those dreams. I remember, and I can tell you from my own personal experience, I was weeping when I was 21 years old. And I said, God, give me the entire continent of Africa. And I said it with tears in my eyes full of faith. And I can tell you that I believe in my heart he gave me that continent that night but I've walked through a long journey of having to lay that down so that he could form me in the process. And only this year did he resurrect it. And I wanna tell you when he resurrected, he flung the door wide open, wide open. And and I didn't do one bit of it, except surrender over and over and over again. So Joseph tells his brothers his dreams And immediately they hate him even more. So I want to say this. If you feel hated, it doesn't mean your father hates you. If you feel competition, it doesn't mean you're in a competition. 
You're the beloved of the Father. You're the beloved of the Father. And so, so Joseph, his brothers scheme and they're actually gonna kill him, right? Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine? So they're gonna kill him and then I think it's Reuben sticks up for him and you know, Reuben's kind of feeling the fear of God a little bit. He's like, we can't do that. We cannot kill our brother. Let's just sell him into slavery. Which, you know, hey, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. So Joseph gets sold into slavery. He gets beaten, gets something put around it. He's sold into slavery and he's taken to Egypt. Now, how many of you think that Joseph in that moment was thinking, I have absolutely arrived. This is exactly what I dreamed about. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. He didn't feel that. He probably felt, I have entirely missed the will of God for my life. What am I doing here in Egypt? My brothers hate me. My father doesn't even know I'm alive. Does anybody see me? Does anybody know? Does anybody care about me? And he's sold into slavery and he's living in Egypt, a land that's not his own. And yet God is directing the steps of the godly because God has a purpose. And some of you, I think, are trying to hang around in your own mind and you're trying to figure out, well, was this God? Maybe, maybe, that, maybe I got off somewhere. I need to go back five steps and I need to. And God's saying, I direct your steps. I direct your steps. So I want you to flip. We're going we're gonna to look at Psalm's account of Joseph. Okay, I want you to flip to Psalm 105. This is a really beautiful psalm, really painful psalm, but a really beautiful one. So Psalm 105 is giving this account of the Israelites. Um, It's really beautiful when you see these accounts in the scriptures of of the storyline of God, God kind of in summary form. Uh, Psalm 105 is like that, and uh, if you look at Acts 7, which is one of my favorites, it's also like that. But in Psalm 105, it's talking about Joseph, and it says, Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters. They placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams or his word. The Lord tested Joseph's character. So I remember when I was uh, 16 years old and then into my early 20s. And man, I got wrecked by the love of God. I had this encounter with God. I tried so hard to do good for God. And then I just got worn out. And I just like threw up this prayer to God and I said, God, if you're, I'm so sick and tired of trying to please you. If you're real, you better just show up. And I sat down in my seat. We were in this big worship service. And I was like, I'm tired of trying. And God came around me, wrapped his arms around me. I felt the love of God. And he said, Christy, I love you and you don't have to do anything. And I cried like a baby. And in a moment, I knew that this whole thing we call Christianity is not about what I can do for God, but about what God did for me. 
and I got radically enveloped in the grace and the love of God. And I've really been in love ever since. But in that process, God, he, he did a transition. He did a 180 in my heart where I could trust my wonder and my knower. Like it was this transforming thing and I could just, it was like I could do what I wanted to do because what I wanted to do was, was from God. And so it was really this beautiful honeymoon experience with God. And I want to bless each of you to have that honeymoon experience. But then I walked through a different season. And he said, Christy, I'm the same God. You know, the God who says, you know, I'll lead you beside still waters. I'll lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. And it's the same God that leads them through the valley of the shadow of death. It's the same God. The same one that says to lie down is like, we're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death now. Don't worry about it. I'm with you, right? He holds our hand. It says that. So, so I had a hard time transitioning from God, I just, every, this honeymoon season where everything was, was baptized and drenched in the love of God and everything felt good. And, and then he took me through this season where I didn't, didn't quite feel him like I used to. His presence wasn't so weighty. Kind of was like, what's happening? What's going on? I had to start doing hard things. He stopped speaking to me through the book of Acts and started speaking to me through Proverbs. And I was like, oh, that's not nearly as fun. And, and I want to say this. Until it was time for Joseph, for the dreams of Joseph and the word of God to be fulfilled to Joseph, God tested his character. Was Joseph any less loved by God? It's already been established he was the favorite of his father. And God gave him the dreams. So that's already been established. It says in Romans 5, you can flip there. I didn't, I didn't give this to the people back there. Oops. And I probably have it memorized, but <clears throat> I want to talk about character for a second. It says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Whew. That's what I felt when I was 16 years old. Hallelujah. I will never be justified by what I do, which means he can put me in a, in a season of hiddenness, and no matter what I do, I'm never going to be defined by it. Because of our faith, Christ is brought into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Okay, here it comes. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develop strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not disappoint, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So Joseph, he gets his character tested. And you know, endurance produces character and character hope. But if everything's easy, then you don't have to endure anything. Joseph wouldn't have learned endurance if he would have just stayed in Israel, right? 
And so, I want to say this because, you know, Joseph in this sense reminds me a lot of Jesus. And I want to give context to you that have been in that honeymoon season with the Lord and you're wrestling because you're maybe about to go into a season where you're going to do some really ordinary, really boring things. You know, Joseph was literally sold into slavery. And some of you, I feel, are trying to get out of the slavery because you don't think it's God, but he's actually saying, no, that's me. Submit to it. And that slavery might not look like literal slavery, but it might look like being in a really boring job. It might look like laying down your calling and doing something entirely different than you ever thought that you would do. For me, I had to take Africa and I had to say, here, God, you can have it. I'm going to go change diapers and wash dishes because now I'm a mom of five and I literally can't make this dream happen. So you can just have it back. And so Jesus in Matthew, it's Matthew 4. If you look at the account of Jesus in Matthew 4, it's really, really beautiful. It's the exact same as Joseph. Jesus gets baptized. He receives this beautiful affirmation of the Father. The Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he gets anointed with the Holy Spirit. Some of you in here have been radically anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing about this is that it doesn't say, and then Jesus went and he started healing the sick. It says, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Is God bad? Is Jesus not loved? The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. (laughs) And I have really good news for you. He has a great intention of bringing you out of the desert, full of God, and into your destiny. Such good news. So I want to just encourage you that if you feel like you're in that wilderness season, if you feel like you've laid some things down that are really painful to have laid down, I want to encourage you to keep walking with him because he'll bring them back around in his timing. And when he does, your heart's right and your character's been developed in it. And so I want to look at um, Genesis chapter 45. And while you're flipping there, I just want to say this, something that I've received personally as I've been with the Lord in the wilderness. You know, I have this uh, propensity in my natural self to define myself by what I do. How many of you are like that? 
you get the calling of God on your life. And then if you're not doing that calling now, all of a sudden you're shitting on yourself, you're missing it, you're, you're no good, whatever it is. Can anybody relate to this? God wants to so wipe you clean from that thing so that when he brings your calling back to you, it's just overflow, happy, serving. Your identity's not wrapped up in it. It's just praise God. I cannot even believe that he wants to use me, but he does. That's, that's where we're headed. And so some of you, you know, we, we read about Joseph, God wanting to test Joseph's character. That's like super painful. But the flip side of it, in Psalms 37, it, it says that he directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. I want to say that the hidden season with God is the most beautiful season in God. Because you find him when you're washing dishes. You find him when you're folding clothes. You find him when you're playing with your kids. You find him there. And he's just like, I'm happy to be here with you, Christy. And there's no goosebumps, and there's no worship music playing, but you find a father who just loves to be with you. And I can tell you that there is a season in my life, and I, and I wasn't able to come here much at all. We moved to a different part of Dallas, and I was in the thick of raising kids, and it just didn't make sense. And I would just get on my couch. I'd sit with the Lord in the morning, and he was just there. He was just, I'm happy to be with you, Christy. And I was a mess. I mean, I'm telling you, like, any moms, there's not as many moms in here, but the moms that are here, you can relate. It's like you got, like, spit up on your shirt. You're, like, wearing clothes from, like, four days ago, and you're sitting there, and you're like, oh, my God, am I going to make it? And he's like, I love you. It's really beautiful. And to be honest, I got so used to it that being up here is actually kind of, kind of funny. I kind of just want to go back to my couch and sit there and just let him say, I love you. When you're not doing anything, I love you. And so, you know, I wrote this a little while ago, but, um, but I said, if you want... Gosh, you know what? I don't even remember what I wrote. But the gist of it was, do you know what I discovered when I was doing really, really boring things? What I discovered was that I'm not defined by what I do. Because somewhere along the way, like, I defined myself by my passion for God. I defined myself by my calling to Africa or my calling to be a prophetic voice or whatever it is. I started defining myself by that. But do you know what I discovered in doing, in doing the dishes and doing the ordinary things and doing the small things? Oh my gosh, I'm not defined by what, he, what I do. He literally just loves me sitting here doing nothing. And do you know what that's done for my heart? It's made me free. And so I want to encourage you to run to God in hiddenness, run to him in the boring things because you find a God there who has, he doesn't care about what you do. He just wants to be with you. And it's a really, really beautiful thing. So he does direct your steps. He does develop your character. He does say, hey, do the hard thing. Hey, endure. Hey, forgive that person even if it's painful. And also, I love you with no makeup on, 
with your hair a mess, while you're not doing anything for me, I love you. And so Joseph goes through being in slavery and the whole bit, and, and we, get to, we get to chapter 45. And Joseph, I believe in this character building process, God's given him in a way different lens with how to view those promises that God gave him. Joseph wasn't bad when he was young. He was just immature. He was just like, hey, I got these awesome dreams. Y'all are going to bow down to me. Like, he wasn't bad. He was just immature. He just needed some character development. He had no idea that actually the whole purpose of those dreams was not so that the brothers would bow down to Joseph, but so that Joseph could set an entire people free. Some of you have to understand that the calling of God on your life is not about you. And that is so liberating. It's the best news ever. That's why I love being here. It's not about you. Hallelujah. It's about a really, really kind God who's bent on saving the whole earth. And he wants you to be a part of it. Isn't that the best news? But here's the thing. Joseph didn't get that right away. He didn't get it. It wasn't because he was bad. It was just because he was immature, right? So chapter 45, Genesis chapter 45. You know, Joseph kind of does this whole rigmarole. He hides Benjamin and his brothers are starting to feel really, really like, oh my gosh, are you going to give us our brother back? We're going to break our father's heart again. Oh my word. And, and Joseph can't, it says, he could stand it no longer. <laughs> there were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him and word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. The famine that had ravished the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in Goshen. And then it goes on, verse, 20, verse 12. Then Joseph added, look, you can see for yourselves and so can my brother Benjamin that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father and my honor, 
of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin and Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. So I have written in my Bible, you know, uh, the Lord's had me in, in the story of Joseph for a while. And I wrote out beside it, I wrote, Joseph, victim, question mark, or intercessor, question mark. The reason why I said at the beginning that I believe that some of you Gen Zers are intercessors for Gen Alpha is because your life might look like Joseph. I think a lot of us, have a really low perspective of our lives and we're, we're living as victims. And it took, it took time and it took Joseph, Joseph's repeated understanding that he was the delight of his father to raise up out of a victim mindset and say, oh, wait a second. It wasn't you. It wasn't your fault that I got sold into slavery. It wasn't you. That was God. Can you imagine that perspective? God wants to give some of you that perspective in here. Some of you that actually feel like you were rejected, God's like, are you kidding me? You weren't rejected, you were positioned by me. It's not about you. Joseph was sent to Egypt to release his brothers, his father, and all of the Israelites and the people that would come after him to go to the next thing of God to bring about eventually the Messiah, which brings us here today. <laughs> and so the key is this though, you have to have an elevated perspective of God. You have to have an elevated perspective of, of your lifeline. God directs the steps of the godly. Does that mean that it's not gonna involve hard things? Nope. It's going to involve hard things. Does it mean that you're not going to be rejected? Nope, you're going to be rejected. Does it mean that you're not going to have to maybe scrub floors and do something really boring? Nope, it probably is going to involve that. But, but Joseph wasn't sent ahead for Joseph's sake. Joseph wasn't sent ahead so that his brothers could bow down to him. Joseph was sent ahead because God said, I've put something inside of you, then I want you to release an entire people into their destiny. And that's the invitation of each of you that are here is that God's given you a dream and a calling and it's not about you, it's about him. And he wants to form you and he wants to develop his character inside of you. He wants you to know him in the secret places of your heart. He wants you to know that you're delighted in so that when it comes time to actually reveal you, your heart's just wide open. You don't have any blame it's just wide open. And so what I really felt tonight was that God wanted to, uh, I really felt like there was unforgiveness in here that was keeping some people from their destiny. That there's unforgiveness, that you're, you're, you're strangling your calling. And you're not walking in it. And you're blaming somebody else for the reason why you're not walking in it. And God wants to give you an elevated perspective so that you can say, like Joseph said in Genesis 50, he said, what the enemy meant for my evil, God meant for my good. 
And, and some of you, that needs to come out of your mouths. Some of you have been radically pained in your hearts. And I don't want to diminish that. Some of you have been rejected. And I don't want to diminish that. But God wants to put a deep cry in your heart. That says what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for my good. God, you were actually delighting in me the whole time. The whole time you were delighting in me. And I want to tell you this too, that forgiveness is offensive. You know, Joseph's forgiveness, I believe, was his intercession for his brothers. He forgave them when they were entirely undeserving. And he could have held that back, but he released it. And so I just feel that there are some here and that you need to forgive. And there are some here and you need to surrender because you've been strangling your calling. And in the process of it, you've put yourself back in the driver's seat and God's saying, hey, I actually want to get back in the driver's seat. And... And I don't want you to avoid some of these things that are right in front of you that you actually think are the devil. They're actually from me. And I don't want you to go around them. I want you to go through them. And so I feel like there's an invitation here for some of you to release forgiveness to those of you that may have sold you into slavery, so to speak. And there are some here that you're strangling your calling and God's wanting you to release it back to him. And then I think there's some in here and you just... You've never really experienced the reality of being the beloved of the Father. And when I tell you in Psalms 37, when it says that he delights in every step of their way, that you've lost sight of that, or maybe you've never known it in the first place, I want to invite you up to you because I want to tell you that it has to start there. If you don't know the delight of your Father, none of this makes sense. And he, and he wants that to be an anchor in your heart. So if I, oh, thanks, thanks, Andy. So um, I'm going to have the, the ministry t- team come up, and, um, and they're going to pray. And I, just one more thing. If you, if you resound with that word that I gave about being in Gen Z and really feeling like you're an intercessor, and that your life will be marked by intercession, and not just intercession through prayer, but intercession through living. Like Joseph was an intercessor as he walked through life, he interceded for all of his people. And so if that, if you feel like that's a word for you and you just wanna come and receive a blessing for that, I'd love to pray for you as well. So, thanks guys. So Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for every heart in this room. Wherever they are in this journey, God, if they've never known your love or delight, Lord, I ask that tonight would be their night. If they've taken back the reins on their calling, Lord, I ask that tonight would be the night that they give it back to you, Lord, and they would feel the sweet surrender of that. If they've gotten super, super stuck in just the mundane and the ordinary and they've lost sight of your love, I ask that you would restore that. And God, if there's those that are here that are just so excited about what you've called them to do and really feel that burden, Lord, 
to call other people forth, to intercede for others. Lord, I ask that you would mark people tonight with that. When they see the life of Joseph, they say, I wanna be like that. I wanna intercede for many. I ask that you mark them tonight. I ask that you would affirm your people, Lord. In Jesus' name. Can we, can we stand to our feet just a minute? Just stay in your place. Um, don't, don't leave tonight. Some of you, you may be walking in your land of milk and honey. Praise God. Be blessed. But there's many of you here tonight, and you've made your calling about you. And God's giving you an invitation to come and just to simply repent. From the whole, the whole night, it's about recentering our hearts with Him at the center. And so don't, don't leave tonight confused. Don't leave tonight all knotted up. There's grace for you. Just come to the front. Just present yourself before the Lord and say, God, I've made this whole thing about me. I've been offended. And, and just release that forgiveness. There's grace for that tonight, if that's you. And then also, like she said, with Gen Z, um, some of you, I, I feel like you don't understand the preciousness of this word that was given tonight. The older ones realize the, the pearls that were deposited tonight, but some of you, you need to hold on to this word and you need to enter into this knowing that God may lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. And God will give you grace to remember it in its, in its time. And so just come forward. We're going to worship a little bit more. We have some time to tarry in this place. So just come on forward.